morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and boy, do we have some football to talk about today. It's Monday, which means you already know what's going to happen. We're going to talk about everything that happened in Sunday's games. And hey, since we don't have weekend episodes, we'll talk a little bit about that Jets-Dolphins Black Friday game as well. So why don't we go ahead, sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. Good morning, Jess. Hope you're doing well this morning. Good morning to everyone here on TikTok. Good morning to everyone here on Instagram and listening in on Facebook. And if you're tuning into the podcast, thank you for catching that as well. We've got some football to talk about, and we'll start with the Black Friday game. Uh, I do just want to say, I don't know if I'm a fan of it. You know, normally I feel like I'm a fan of being able to watch more football, but this one was just weird. I don't know if it was like the 3 p.m. start on a Friday or the fact I'm kind of already tired from watching the three football games on Thanksgiving and just kind of want to sit at home and do nothing. I know that sounds silly given I'm a football show host, but I don't know. This Black Friday game kind of put a sour taste in my mouth. I mean, we had college football to watch as well. Saturday was going to be a really good football day. And then, of course, Sunday's going to be a really good football day. Do we really need this Black Friday game? I think I would have been a bigger fan if it was in the morning, maybe. Like, I get to wake up and watch it. Or if it was maybe a night game. But I don't. I think it's the 3 p.m. start time that I was a little upset with. It was just really weird. And then the game wasn't even that good. So, so maybe that's part of it as well. I'm sure I wouldn't have minded if it was an actually exciting game. But to have to watch Tim Boyle try his best against the Miami Dolphins just was not that exciting. Uh, and it really didn't turn out that well. However, I do have a note here. And that note, not that it's new, but great players will get you there in fantasy football. You look at Brees Hall, you look at Garrett Wilson, neither of them had 50 yards. Brees Hall finished the day with 49 yards, but got you 12 fantasy points because he had seven receptions. Garrett Wilson, he only got you 44 yards, but he got you 18.4 fantasy points because he had seven receptions and a touchdown catching Tim Boyle's only touchdown pass. So, if you're a great player, emphasis on great, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Jamar Chase, who we'll talk about in a little bit, those guys will get you there regardless of the rest of the situations around the team. So happy for those Jets players. You can continue starting them, even with Tim Boyle at the helm, who, by the way, wasn't terrible. I mean, it wasn't the best, 27 to 38 for 179 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions, but I would say a half a step up from Zach Wilson. Still plenty to be desired from Jets quarterback play. I would not be surprised if we see Trevor Simeon sometime soon. But as of now, definitely a little bit better than than uh, Zach Wilson. And not the worst thing in the world, but still, they only put up 13 points. He only gets 179 yards. Brees Hall barely gets anything done on the rush game. Really, none of the running backs get anything done. Uh, and the Jets offense looks still pretty terrible. I did want to point out, though, that Jason Brownlee, this is a guy that we had talked about in the offseason, had been kind of making some noise at Jets camp, especially on hard knocks. He finally made some noise this week. He had two receptions for 20 yards, had two targets, so he brought them both in. We talk about time and time again that sometimes when a new quarterback comes in, that they have a new target, a new weapon that they like to throw the ball to. And now it is only two targets to Jason Brownlee, but I'm definitely keeping my eye on this. This is someone, again, that was making some noise at camp. So if he can continue to establish that connection with Tim Boyle, I think he could turn into something that you would be happy you roster in deep, deep leagues, of course. Uh, so just keep your eye on Mr. Brownlee. For the Dolphins, I mean, nothing crazy to talk about here. Just they are continuously being the Miami Dolphins. Raheem Mostert, 94 yards and two touchdowns. That brings his season total up to 
16 touchdowns. That's second in the NFL. Only Christian McCaffrey has more than him, who has 16 now. So both of those guys kind of neck and neck to see who will finish with the title of most touchdowns. But it's obviously more impressive to be coming from Raheem Mostert, who, you know, A, was so cheap, sometimes going after Jeff Wilson, most of the time going after Devon Achan. Uh, and yet he is just absolutely dominating and a consistent producer week in, week out. So just a small little clap for Raheem Mostert. And then for the Dolphins, both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle got themselves 100 yards. Tyreek Hill a little bit better in the fantasy department because uh, he had a touchdown. But still, it's really, really great to see that they can both produce, especially in a day where uh, Tua actually didn't get much done. Tua had a pretty pedestrian day for what we've seen from this season. So that's my takeaways from the Dolphins from the Jets game. Not a huge fan of the Black Friday game in general, but still, I guess you can't complain about more football. But let's go ahead and move on to good old Sunday game. So we'll start with my Atlanta Falcons. And uh, well, it kind of went exactly how I expected it to where there it is. Um, as I said, time and time and time and time and time and time again, Desmond Ritter makes this Falcons team better. It is what it is. I don't care if you know, you put Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter in a vacuum, Taylor Heineke is a better quarterback, right? But that is not always what these things are about. Desmond Ritter finishes the day only 13 of 21 only 168 yards, throws two interceptions, only scores one touchdown, but still leads the Falcons to a 24-15 win. And what's important about this is Drake London. He had five receptions for 91 yards. He had been quiet with Taylor Heineke. And yet, all season with Desmond Ritter, he was looking good. Bijan Robinson also finally showing some signs of life. 16 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown, plus three receptions for 32 yards and a touchdown. Really great day from Bijan Robinson. This is what we actually came to expect as Arthur Smith did come out last week and say that uh, Bijan Robinson will be a bigger part of their game plan. So it was really cool to see him stick true to his word. Going to be really good going forward. I mean, this Falcons offense with Desmond Ritter actually has an identity and you actually know what's going to happen. And it's exciting. Even with the two interceptions, these Falcons win the game. And that's what it's all about. Kyle Pitts quiet two receptions for 22 yards jason how are you going to be the kyle pitts defender with this well Jonu smith had no targets so we're actually seeing this offense operate with their star players getting the ball in their hands so i'm excited to see this falcons offense and team make a playoff push they're first in the nfc south now and they're only going to keep going from here they're easily going to beat the buccaneers again uh, and the rest of their schedule is pretty easy as well. I mean, they've got the Tim Boyle-led Jets next week. That's going to be a really big test for Desmond Ritter, that defense. But still, the fact that, you know, Ritter can turn the ball over two times and they still win the game is extremely encouraging. The fact that Drake London had 91 yards and five receptions is extremely encouraging. The fact that Bijan Robinson had two touchdowns is extremely encouraging. The Falcons offense is exciting again, and it starts with Ritter being at the helm. For the Saints, unfortunately, Rashid Shaheed got hurt early. That was somebody that we were kind of hoping would start to break out uh, with uh, the injury to Michael Thomas. But he got hurt, so we didn't really get to see any of that. Chris Olave also ended up getting hurt in the third quarter, but at the very least, he had 114 yards and seven receptions before going out. So hopefully he can return healthy because finally Derek Carr is looking his way. That is something that had been an issue. He had not really been locking on to Chris Olave all season. So to see that finally come to fruition is fantastic. So I hope that that will continue. And I hope that this injury for Olave is not that serious. We will cover that tomorrow as we look at kind of more news as it comes out. 
Taysom Hill, I did want to talk about for a second. Just, I don't know. I don't like Taysom Hill. I don't think. I, I feel pretty annoyed about Taysom Hill, the fact that he always finds some way to get you fantasy points. I mean, it's really good if you have him. Maybe it's because I don't have Taysom Hill shares, but to see him get seven carries and two receptions, get himself up to 81 yards, it's just a little silly to me that he continues producing, and I, and I really don't know why, but good for him. Good for the Saints that they have a weapon like that. And then Alvin Kamara. He finds himself over 100 yards again, close uh, to really being the best running back in fantasy football right now. I mean, he's way up there. So really turning into one of the best values in fantasy football uh, from earlier this offseason after that suspension. Now, I mean, still, you know, you missed him for three games, but every week since then, he's just been phenomenal. So another quick little clap for Alvin Kamara, who, uh, who one of my most thankful players, helping me out in the Scott Fishbowl a ton. I do see a question here on TikTok. Should you pick up Drake London from free agency? Definitely. If he's available in your league, get that guy for sure. Um, definitely. I think that he's going to be startable week in, week out. Now, Desmond Ritter is looking his way, and he's making some really good contested catches. So uh, hats off to the Falcons. I think they win the NFC South. And again, this is just the beginning of them starting to look like a true offense. Another team that is finally seeing just the beginning of looking like a true offense. The Pittsburgh Steelers win the game. They beat the Bengals 16-10. to and the big story here, this is the first Steelers game without Matt Canada. What were they going to look like? Well, so much better than they had in the past. The Steelers had not had over 400 yards of total offense in 59 games. It took them 59 games, well, 60, to be able to get themselves over 400 as they did it yesterday. Kenny Pickett, 278 yards. Najee Harris, 100 rush yards. The Steelers offense is back and boy is it exciting and there's a lot to cover here first off Kenny Pickett again I said 278 yards he had no touchdowns no turnovers but still doesn't really matter as he got you know he got you there uh, as a fantasy quarterback still got you over 10 points and it was fine I mean you want touchdowns but still Pat Fryermuth coming to life 9 of 11 120 yards finally kind of using the middle of the field that's something that we hadn't seen a lot from Kenny Pickett George Pickens Three receptions for 58 yards, had a really nice play uh, kind of towards the end of the game where he had like a 40-yard catch. It was really nice to see. And Deontay Johnson, who we'll talk about here, uh, we'll spend a little extra time on him. Uh, but even Deontay Johnson had four receptions for 50 yards. But I'm really concerned. We've been talking about Deontay Johnson uh, outside of you know his football performance for a few, for really just last week, maybe a couple weeks now. Uh, he's just kind of being weird off the field, fighting with coaches, fighting with players. And in this game in particular, of course, now I'm lagging trying to do show my screen. Uh, but on this game in particular, he clearly does not want to be on the Steelers. Uh, and, and it's evidenced by this one play. And then uh, let me share my screen. This is just it's really concerning when I see plays like this. So here it is. This is a, I mean, it's a run play. It's Jalen Warren about to take the handoff. That's Deontay Johnson at the top of the screen. Supposedly going to block, right? I mean, when you're when you're looking at a, a player, a run play, it's especially when you're the only wide receiver out there, you're going to assume he's going to block. But check it out. So he's just standing there for the entire play. 
entire play, Jalen Warren fumbles. The fumble goes towards Deontay Johnson, and he's still just standing there, walking around, doing nothing. And to make matters worse, uh, ML Football retweeted that, or sorry, they tweeted that video, and then Deontay Johnson quote tweeted it and said, hmm, better luck next time. Something's wrong with Deontay Johnson right now. I'm definitely worried. If he can't get fired up to play football, then he's not going to be good for fantasy. And he's not really going to be good for the Steelers. And he's going to be sent out of the Steelers. And then another team is not even going to want to take a chance on him because he's being a drama queen right now. He even, I saw another quote tweet. Somebody had talked about the stat I talked about at the beginning of talking about this game where they finally got over 400 yards. And he did like a sad emoji with it. Like he's not even happy that the Steelers are finally looking good right now. There was another play that I'm not going to show as my screen sharing was not working very well, but he caught a screen and then just ran backwards. His head's not in the game right now, and I don't know what's wrong with him. So I'm very, very worried about Deontay Johnson when I see such a lack of effort from a player. But we're not seeing a lack of effort from really anyone else. As I talked about Pat Fryermuth looking good, as I talked about George Pickens having a splash play, and then we could talk about Nashi Harris. Taking the reins again, 15 carries for Najee Harris to Jalen Warren's 13. Najee Harris had 99 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Warren only had 49. Jalen Warren, however, did have three receptions for 13 yards. Najee Harris had no reception, so technically Warren finished the day with one more touch. But Najee Harris was actually more effective for the first time, so not sure if Warren was a Matt Canada thing or what, but Najee Harris seems to be, you know, startable again and hopefully bouncing back, which could be interesting as this is exactly what we saw last year, how he was very quiet up until like week 12, week 13, and then started going on a tear. So if you can get Najee Harris pretty cheap, I think he might be pretty consistent going forward uh, as well as really the rest of the Steelers offense. I'm pretty excited about them. For the Bengals, Jake Browning, not awful, but definitely not a lot of uh, promise to be excited about. Uh, 227 yards, a touchdown, one interception. Ch Chase, Jamar Chase, he only had six targets. Luckily brought in four of them for 81 yards. So again, these great players, they're going to get you there. 12.1 points from Jamar Chase and full PPR. Not the best, but not the worst. And there's going to be better days ahead, especially in games where, you know, he can catch a touchdown pass. But only other players that had five targets were Tyler Boyd and Tanner Hudson. The rest, not really anything. So Tanner Hudson, still the Bengals tight end, even with Jake Browning under center. So that's pretty good to see Tyler Boyd, of course, still getting some usage. I will be a little worried when T Higgins comes back. If Jamar Chase is only getting six targets, that's definitely an issue. I mean, he'll still get you there, like I'm saying, with great players, but still only six targets for Jamar Chase. I would hope that the Bengals look at their game plan next week and say, I mean, Jamar Chase has to get at least 10 targets. I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care if they're just screens. You have to put the ball in Jamar Chase's hands. Either way, he's going to get you points. But if T. Higgins is back, I mean, I can't see Tyler Boyd getting five targets again. And if Jamar Chase is only getting six, I mean, you don't want to see him lose even one target to T. Higgins. So a little concerning. I'm definitely selling my Bengals outside of Jamar Chase. I'm holding on to Jamar Chase because even Joe Mixon, eight carries for 16 yards and only two receptions. Luckily, 44 receiving yards. So we got you some good points, but only 10 touches for Joe Mixon, six targets for Jamar Chase. The volume is just really not there right now, and that is a concern for everyone not named Jamar Chase, but I still do contend that Jamar Chase will be fine for fantasy football purposes. Maybe not as much of a ceiling, but he'll still get you that floor and still probably get a 20 to 30 point game at some point, but it's probably not those 40 burgers that we've come to be used to from a player like him. 
But either way, they lose the game. Steelers win. Steelers offense looking good. And they're going to be bouncing back and looking good rest of season. Um, so let's go Steelers offense. Go ahead and buy those guys. Um, let's see. Is Austin Eckler cook? We could talk about that in the Chargers game. Deontay is a bum. Cat stop mid fumble. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. It was awful. It was awful. Um, yeah, Harry Snowman. I have never seen a player take the field in the NFL and then not try. Like legit, just not try. It is disrespectful, Dakota. It is really disrespectful to everyone who's played the game. I mean, to literally go out there and just stand there, it's ridiculous that you would even do that. I don't I don't understand what's in his head right now, why he's being such a drama queen, but I don't even it's not even entertaining. Like at least, at least, guys, the last drama queen Steelers wide receiver, Antonio Brown, he was at least entertaining. Like it was kind of fun to watch. It was a little silly, but this is just sad, disappointing and frustrating to see from Deontay Johnson. Let's go ahead and move on to another sad, frustrating, and disappointing team, the Carolina Panthers and the Tennessee Titans. That was a game we were forced to watch. We had to watch Bryce Young versus Will Levis, and, well, it was okay. It finished 10-17, to and luckily we had a King Henry game. Derrick Henry, 76 yards and two touchdowns. You love to see it. And important to note here, Tyshea Spears only had three touches. Not sure if it's a game script thing or what, but only two carries and one reception for him, which is strange given that he had been trending up week in, week out, week in, week out. And yet now that we're getting closer to the end of the season, Derrick Henry uh, shows some signs of life, which is honestly probably the Tennessee Titans game plan is to save Derrick Henry for the end of the season, really when it matters most. I would love to see Derrick Henry uh, really back to Derrick Henry rest of season. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I think that this is a good start. Uh, going to be hard to acquire, but you know, if there's still a team that has him that's not contending, going to try to do it because the winter is when Derrick Henry really does start to make his noise, and I love to see it. But for the quarterback battle, I want to say that it, you know, in Bryce Young's defense, in his defense, he doesn't have a DeAndre Hopkins or Derrick Henry to help take the load off of him. Like It is just Bryce Young out there. So to see him have basically the same stat line as Will Levis, but with one turnover as opposed to zero for Will Levis, I'm not going to panic still. I'm not panicking on Bryce Young. I think a lot of things could start to go his way starting next season. And it started today, ladies and gentlemen, as Frank Reich was fired before heading into the show. As you all know, Frank Reich being the head coach for this team was literally one of the main reasons I was not in on Bryce Young at the beginning of the season. I felt that Frank Reich has, you know, ruined too many quarterbacks in his time in Indianapolis. And I was very confused that the Panthers even brought him in in the first place. So to see him be fired, I am a little bit more optimistic. Now, that is not the only problem on Carolina. It goes all the way up to David Tepper, as well as just the offensive line being terrible. So I do think the Panthers will start to show some signs of life without Frank Reich, but still, that's not going to fix all the issues. Bryce Young's still going to have a hard time rest of season, but it's just good that the Panthers are not even giving Reich the end of season. They're like, you know what? This is failed. You're not the answer here. We're going to try to find someone else. Uh, and I'm curious to see how it'll look. You know, we've been seeing all season now, the Raiders, the Steelers, teams just look better when they have a coaching change. So I think that the Panthers could look better as well. Uh, not much to talk about other than uh, Jonathan Mingo was actually the leader this time. We had been seeing him be kind of the target leader, but really not bring a lot of them in. But this time he brought in four of his six targets for 60 yards. So that's really cool to see. And Chuba Hubbard really looked good. 
14 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown, and also five receptions for 47 yards. That's something I would like to see a lot more of. I think if you could use Chuba Hubbard out of the backfield as a receiver, that'll take a lot of weight off of Bryce Young's shoulder, especially with such a porous offensive line. I think that that is one part of the game plan that the Panthers should try to lock onto, and I think they will. So if you want to go get Chuba Hubbard for still his discounted price, I think you should do it. I think he'll be fine going forward. Not sure what happened with Adam Thielen here. He only had one catch for two yards, only three targets as well. So I don't. I mean, this is now back-to-back weeks now where Adam Thielen's been kind of disappointing. Not sure what that is. Not sure if it's a play-calling thing. Adam Thielen just tired. But hopefully we could see him bounce back next week. Uh, and finally for the Titans, Will Levis fine, 185 yards. Not sure what's going on with the receivers. I mean, D-Hop, three for 49. It's not the worst thing in the world, but still not the best. Chigo Conquo is who I wanted to talk about. They both had five targets, him and Hopkins, but he brought in four of them for 45. I think Chigo Conquo and this Will Levis connection is really starting to build. It's not a lot, but we've been seeing him have four targets in like 70 or 80% of his games this season. And that's a pretty good marker for someone, especially in an offense that doesn't throw the ball a lot. And he does have a really good profile. So I think Chigo Quanquo is starting to trend in the right direction. Next year is probably when we'll see him be the Chigo Quanquo that we were drafting him to be. But still, not totally disappointed. And I still think there's some promise to be had when it comes to Mr. Chig. Let's see. <sighs> Lots of football, guys. Lots of football. Next game, we have Colts Buccaneers. 27-20. Good one. Was excited for this game for sure. It starts with Gardner Minshew, who finishes the day 251 yards, one interception, but scores himself a rushing touchdown. And then Jonathan Taylor, who had two touchdowns and 91 yards. We talked about a couple weeks ago, but Jonathan Taylor is back, and it's just awesome to see. However, you know, maybe the, the rumors of Zach Moss being faded to oblivion are gone as well, because Jonathan Taylor, you know, he had 15 touches for 91 yards and two touchdowns, but Zach Moss had 10 touches as well, and he got himself up to 70 yards. You know, obviously not startable like he was a few weeks ago, but definitely still worth rostering to some degree uh, as he continues to, you know, be slightly efficient and look good with his limited opportunity. For the receivers, both Michael Pittman and Josh Downs had 13 targets. And what's cool to note about that is Michael Pittman, of course, did really well. He had 10 target or 10 receptions off of those 13 targets for 107 yards. Josh Downs only brought in five of his 13 targets. For 43 yards so Josh Downs still getting elite usage but didn't quite capitalize it on this week and with him being out the past couple weeks not really doing as well as he had you know the weeks prior I think that Josh Downs has the potential to be dropped in a few leagues and potentially moved at a really cheap price I think I would be looking to buy Josh Downs right now because the targets are still there and all the potential is still there I think he could start to bounce back you know going forward so I'm looking to buy myself some Josh Downs for the Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield still doing enough. 200 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. He got Mike Evans up to two touchdowns, six receptions, and 70 yards for him. Mike Evans, just an absolute beast this year. It's been awesome to see. He's a true Hall of Famer. And for Rashad White, he now has six straight games with 99 yards or a touchdown. Finishes the day with exactly 100 rush yards. Rashad White, let's go. And then I'm not sure what's going on with Chris Godwin. Still very quiet. Only three receptions for 45 yards off of his seven targets. The targets have been there for Chris Godwin. 
not necessarily the Tom Brady level of Chris Godwin targets, but he's still getting like six or seven targets every single game with you know the potential to push 10 or so, and yet he really isn't doing anything. So I'm concerned about Chris Godwin still, and I really don't think it's going to turn around. I think it's just a Baker Mayfield thing at the end of the day. So that's my takeaways for this game. Really, it all just starts with the star-studded people, but do look to buy Josh Downs. I think that that's a really good target right now because, you know, a lot of people picked him up for free. He's had a disappointing few weeks, and I think that he could start to turn it around again. 13 targets, that's nothing to scoff at. The next game here was the Patriots-Giants. This one I honestly thought would be slightly better. Like, I really did. You know, sometimes when you see two sucky teams play against each other, you could see some points start to be scored. But no, it finished 10-7. to And the Patriots offense, it's just terrible. Bailey Zappi's not the answer. Mac Jones is not the answer. And I'm just going to go ahead and say Bill O'Brien isn't the answer either. I know Matt Patricia was really bad. But Bill O'Brien is just at least kind of bad. Like, nothing is really working. There's no identity on this team. No one's really making these big plays. And it starts with the quarterback, both of them throwing interceptions. Mac Jones, two in his half. Bailey Zappi, one interception in his half. No touchdowns for either. Luckily for the Patriots, Ramondre Stevenson is putting the team on his back. 21 carries for 98 yards and a touchdown and five receptions. So getting elite usage still. 26 touches for Ramondre Stevenson. Only 11 for Zeke, who had 47 total yards. Ramondre, really great player. Uh, continuously really being the only sign of life on this Patriots offense. Uh, Demario Douglas still kind of getting the targets, nine targets for him, brought in six of them for 49 yards. So he's still looking decent and getting the volume, but it's just like, he's not getting touchdowns. He's not really going to get, you know, a hundred yards. So he's still not the best fantasy football asset, but still worth rostering. And if the Patriots offense can take a step forward in 2024, I do think he could be a big part of it. For the Giants, Tommy DeVito, guys. Tommy DeVito, you know, the Italian man himself, he is just killing it. 191 yards and a touchdown, 17 to 25, really can't complain. And he brought out Jalen Hyatt. I'm going to go ahead and say it. This was the Jalen Hyatt coming out party. I think Jalen Hyatt is here to stay. Five of six receptions, so he is the target leader, the receiving leader, and the yardage leader as he had 109 yards. Wandale Robinson was next with only four receptions off of five targets for 26 yards. So we're talking about a guy who had over 100. The next best receiver on the team didn't even have 30. I do think that this will be a connection that Tommy DeVito will look to rest of season. If Jalen Hyatt is available, I'm scooping him up. And I'm perhaps trying to buy him for an owner that might be using this as, a, as an off-loading ramp type of opportunity. But I think that he could be here to say, obviously, he's going to be hard to start. Like, you never really know when these big games come from the electric players like that. Uh, but Jalen Hyatt, I do think, is here to stay with 100 yards. Coming out party for him. I do want to ask why Saquon Barkley isn't being force-fed. He only has 46 yards and only one reception here. I think 16 total touches. Literally, if I'm the Giants, I don't see why Saquon Barkley doesn't have 30 touches. Of course, doesn't matter as they win the game. But still, I would like to see Saquon get some more usage going forward. Probably just a Patriots thing. They do take away the top weapon usually. So if it was Saquon, that's what they did. Uh, but still, I think Saquon needs to get 30, 40 touches a game. I'm not sure why he isn't game planned into oblivion, really. I see a question here on TikTok uh, about the Rams. We will get to that game shortly. I've still got a couple more to get to before that one. We'll start with the Jags-Texans. 24 to 21 here, the Jaguars win. And yes, the Texans are super good, 
but it's just not their time to win the division. Uh, as good as they are, it's the Jaguars division this year. They're going to win it. And hey, the Jaguars right now are actually in the hunt for the number one seed total in the AFC as they're now tied with the Ravens and Chiefs. So Jaguars looking to make some noise. Texans still going to make some noise and probably eke into the wild card spot here, but it's not their year to win the division. That's going to be next year uh, as good as CJ Stroud has been and mentioning how good CJ Stroud has been. Guys, 304 passing yards, two touchdowns, 47 rush yards and a rushing touchdown as well. CJ Stroud is just a baller and he is getting it done in all facets. So just, I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. I can't do enough clapping. Like I could not clap enough for how good CJ Stroud has been just an absolute baller. And I love to watch it. You know, Trevor Lawrence, also a really good day. He had himself 364 passing yards, a touchdown and a rushing touchdown as well. A really, really great battle of quarterbacks in the AFC South. I'm just glad that we get to get treated to this. I mean, for the rest of their careers, we're going to be able to watch CJ Stroud versus Trevor Lawrence two times a year. Sign me up. I love it. This is going to be fun to watch and it's going to be good to watch. Uh, really. Everyone was good in this game, to be completely honest with you. Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk, both of them had 89 yards. That was cool to see. Calvin Ridley got himself a touchdown again. So, hey, him being in the lineup with Zay Jones is very important. I don't know why, but Calvin Ridley has just been electric with Zay Jones in the lineup. So I guess as long as Zay Jones is there, you could continue throwing Ridley into your lineup. For backup running back, we talked about it a little bit last week, how Dearness Johnson was pushing uh, Tank Bigsby, you know, they were kind of getting similar usage. Now, Dearness Johnson has completely pushed him away. He had seven carries for 19 yards and a reception for 42 yards. Tank Bigsby only had one carry for six yards. So, again, you can move on from Tank Bigsby. As sad as it is to say, Dearness Johnson is the backup to own here. Uh, and I would wager if Travis Etienne went down, it would probably be Dearness Johnson getting 60. 60 to 65 percent of opportunities with Tank Bigsby just kind of coming in every once in a while. Dearness Johnson clearly earned the trust and the opportunity in the Jaguars offense. For the Texans, we already talked about how good CJ Stroud was, but how about how good Nico Collins was? Seven receptions for 104 yards and a touchdown. Go blue, by the way, as Michigan beats Ohio State on Saturday. It made sense for the only good Michigan player in the NFL on the offensive side of the ball. Thought of himself a good game. He was fired up from his Wolverines winning on Saturday. So love to see Nico Collins show up for Michigan on the NFL level. And Tank Dell, while he only had 50 yards, scored himself another touchdown, had five receptions. I mean, what a stud. Really, both of these two guys are Nico Collins and Tank Dell. This is a wide receiver duo that is going to make some noise for years to come with C.J. Stroud as they're both so young. And then one thing to watch in this game was the Texans running backs. How would things be split up? Devin Singletary, six carries. Damian Pierce, five carries. So that's a little concerning. However, Devin Singletary getting a ton of receiving usage. Seven targets for Devin Singletary. Brings in six of them for 54 receiving yards. So you can still roll with Devin Singletary in your flex spot if you have him. If you know, you're know you in a slightly deep league, medium level league, he could be started. But Damian Pierce, you can't start. Damian Pierce is bench fodder at this point. A roster clog, to be completely honest with you. Uh, very concerning for Damian Pierce managers. Next game is the Browns-Broncos game um, for sure. Um Oh, I see. <laughs> Rubio asks if I still live with my mom. I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, but I think that that was about uh, Tommy DeVito, <laughs> who does still live with his mom. 
The next game was the Broncos Browns. 29 to 12 Broncos absolutely slaughtered the Browns. And I don't know what happened here. I don't know if you guys watched this game, but Russell Wilson had himself 11 carries. He had himself 11 carries for 34 yards and a touchdown. And it was basically all one play. They went up to the line and kept yelling pizza, 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 pizza. And then Russell Wilson would do a read option, keep it and hit the outside and get a few yards. And they really just kept spamming that play until Russell Wilson got the rushing touchdown Really interesting and cool to see. I like it. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep running that play until the Browns stop it and they couldn't. They couldn't really stop anything. The Browns defense kind of got exploited in this game as the Broncos run away with it. Really, the whole game, the Browns didn't really get much going. Uh, And the Broncos, while not even looking that good, let's be honest here. Russell Wilson, only 134 passing yards, a touchdown, and only 34 rushing yards with a touchdown, but had a fumble. Cortland Sutton, only three receptions for 61 yards. Jerry Judy, only two receptions for 11 yards. Javante Williams, only 65 yards. Samaj P. Ryan is the only reason the Broncos even really did anything, believe it or not, who had 55 yards and a touchdown. Just a weird day for the Broncos, but they get it done. The Browns, though, do not. Concern here for Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who got absolutely clobbered, had 134 yards at a touchdown before getting injured. Then P.J. Walker came in, and they couldn't really get much going at all. I hope Dorian Thompson-Robinson can return, as he was honestly looking pretty good. He had David Njoku being the leading receiver yet again. So, guys, I say it every single week now with DTR, but David Njoku, a screaming by. You have to get him if Dorian Thompson-Robinson's the quarterback. He's just locked on to nine targets, six receptions, 59 yards, almost had a touchdown as well. Instead, Harrison Bryant brings it in, but still... David Njoku, a boss, really, just an absolute legend, killing it for the Cleveland Browns, especially tight end premium leagues. I mean, he is balling out right now. Jerome Ford gets you done as well. Nine carries for 65 yards, four receptions for 14, so a good day for him. And Cedric Tillman, as we talked about, he played in high school with DTR at Bishop Gorman. They were teammates, so to see him have five targets, bring in four of them for 55 yards, that should have been expected at some point. Cool to see that Cedric Tillman DTR uh, connection established. I hope it will continue to be established. Go pick yourself up some Cedric Tillman if he's available. Let's move on to this Rams-Cardinals game. I saw some questions about Cooper Cup, so this is the perfect time. If you're still listening, I hope you are. The Rams absolutely ran away with this one. They destroyed the Cardinals 37-14, to and it honestly wasn't even as close as that scoreline would suggest. I mean, the Rams... Looks so good. Matthew Stafford got himself four touchdowns. How does he do that? Honestly, I couldn't tell you because if you go down this list, it's pretty interesting. Tutu Atwell was the leading receiver, three receptions for 76 yards. Puka Nakua only had four receptions for 27. Cooper Cup only had three receptions for 18. So how did Matthew Stafford have four passing touchdowns? Well, ladies and gentlemen, Kyren Williams. Kyren Williams if you will. He had his first game back from being on the IR, and man, what a stud. Kyron Williams is a monster, guys. 143 rush yards, 61 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Just 
What a stud. So congratulations to everyone that maybe traded for him while he was on IR. And definitely congratulations to everyone that picked him up and held on to him. I mean, he is what you guys call a league winner because he was winning matchups before the injury. And he already comes back out and wins another matchup for people. I mean, God, what a guy. Love to see it. And it wasn't just him as Tyler Higby brought in the other two receiving touchdowns. So really cool to see these, you know, I guess these uh, auxiliary pieces to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua be so productive and really good for the Rams as well, who really needed to find something to get clicking. And it's not even just Kyron Williams as Royce Freeman also still has some wheels, 13 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown. So this Rams offense with a healthy running back is dangerous look for them to continue to make some noise and maybe make a late season playoff push am i panicking about cooper cup no no i will never sell low on a guy like cooper cup i will continue going back to the well for him i know it's been disappointing week after disappointing week after disappointing week but something has to give at some point i can't press the panic button i can't sell low on a guy with him like him i see a couple trade questions would you trade Dell and Najee for Cup Myers Cook? No, I would hold on to Dell and Najee. Would you win the trade if you traded Jamar Chase for Justin Jefferson? Yes. Since you've already clinched playoff, you asked that. I think so. I think so. I think Justin Jefferson, rest of season, slightly better than Jamar Chase just because Josh Dobbs is a better quarterback than Jake Browning. Would you trade C.D. Lamb for Kyron Williams and Dalvin Cook? No, but C.D. Lamb for Kyron Williams plus in a redraft league isn't terrible. So see who you could get instead of Dalvin Cook. But trying to get Kyron Williams, I do like that move. Even with the sell high, I don't think that this is like the end. I do think Kyron Williams can continue to produce at a really high level. So I don't mind buying him at all. And someone else asked you traded Odell Beckham. For Pukunakua, was it a good trade? I think so. I do think Odell Beckham is pretty good and will be fine, but I do think Pukunakua, he has a little bit higher ceiling. So let's go. The next game is the Chiefs Raiders, 31 to 17. The Chiefs take away this one. The Raiders did go up 14-0 at one point, but after that, it was all downhill. Patrick Mahomes came to life, 298 yards and two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, six receptions for 91 yards. And Rasheed Rice, ladies and gentlemen. Rasheed Rice, eight receptions, 170, 107 yards, and a touchdown looked great. His receiving touchdown looked awesome. It was a catch and run. And I mean, like right over the middle of the field and goes up around over the sideline and gets into the end zone. Really great play right by Rasheed Rice. You know, I asked on Twitter, would you give a first round pick for Rasheed Rice? And uh, uh, most people said no. 98% of people said no. But I honestly think that Rasheed Rice, I mean, like if you were a contender and you have, you know, one of your late first round picks, I think that that's about the most that I would give for him. Uh, I would definitely give a second. So if I would definitely give a second, I feel like I've got to at least question giving a first. I'm curious what you guys think. Go ahead and put in the comments. Would you give a 2020 first, let's say late first round pick for Rasheed Rice? I mean, he's scoring touchdowns on a consistent basis and he's easily the best receiver on this Chiefs team. No one outside of Rasheed Rice or Travis Kelsey had over 35 yards. I mean, everyone else was completely relegated in this game, and I don't think that's really going to change. I really do think that Rasheed Rice is going to be a really big part of this offense going forward. So if you can get the Chiefs wide receiver one, and it costs a late first-round pick, I think I'm doing it. I mean, it's close. Don't get me wrong. It's close. 
I see here no way on Instagram, a second for sure. And that's why I ask, because I think we would all agree. We probably all agree that we'd give an early second. So I think right on that line, that late first should be asked. I think that's what get it done, gets it done. So say, hey, you know, maybe a first for Rasheed Rice and a third, right? Rasheed Rice and a third for a first round pick. I'm definitely going to do that one. So very, very interesting as we watch that unfold. Isaiah Pacheco, by the way, he's the leader in the doghouse for sure. Like not even close. 15 carries, 55 yards, and two touchdowns. Also five receptions for 34 yards. So no Jarek McKinnon. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, only three carries. Daenerik Prince hasn't been activated off the practice squad. It's the Isaiah Pacheco show, and that's never going to change. So guys, he is still not priced like he should be. Go trade for Isaiah Pacheco. Matty Kiwoom says it every week, right, on Trade Gods, how consistent he is, how good he'll be for your playoff push. Go get Isaiah Pacheco. His value is not where it should be. And the Chiefs are not going to go away from him. He's clearly trusted. And I really don't think they'll draft another running back to go in this backfield with him. It's the Isaiah Pacheco show, guys. And he's just so, so, so good. I love him. So go trade for him. For the Raiders, uh, I was about to say Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez AOC. But this is Aiden O'Connell AOC. 23-33, so not terrible. 248 yards, not terrible. A touchdown, not terrible. No turnovers, not terrible. AOC kind of doing some, kind of doing well, to be completely honest with you. I mean, the Chiefs defense has has caused some issues for a lot of quarterbacks this season. So to see AOC of 250 yards and no turnovers, not bad. Jacoby Myers, six receptions, 79 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, five receptions, 73 yards. And Hunter Renfro, not a great fantasy point day, but again, we talked about this, was not a part of the game plan with Josh McDaniels, has been every single week since Antonio Pierce took over, four receptions for 38 yards for him. At one point, Hunter Renfro is going to catch a touchdown, and he's just going to continue earning the trust of AOC. I really do think that Hunter Renfro, whether he be traded or staying on the Raiders, is worth rostering and probably worth, I mean, I think you could get him for a third right now. I think that that's definitely worth it in PPR leagues, as he is, you know, just a really good route runner and has good, reliable hands. At some point, he's going to establish himself a better floor. He was a wide receiver. He was the wide receiver 11 just a couple seasons ago. I really do think that things could start to trend back up for him. And then lastly, just a round of applause for Josh Jacobs, who had yet another great game, 110 yards and a touchdown, 63-yard touchdown run, looked spry, looked great. Josh Jacobs, just a true stud, just a, just a monster, great, great running back, really, really great uh, running back. Oh, man. Last no last game we still got two more games Eagles Bills. This is a funny game. I had my friend. We talked about it after. He was like, "Why is it that every time we have a really great football game, it's just the Bills losing in overtime? Like anytime it's like, oh my god, we had such a good game. We love it. It was awesome. It's just the Bills losing in overtime. Feel bad for the Bills, but at least they're giving us very entertaining football games. And it was kind of crazy. It was a very very slow first half here." Uh, But then it ended 37 to 34 as the second half was just electric. Jalen Hurts, we finally, finally, I've been begging for the Jalen Hurts ceiling game. I mean, obviously he's been performing really well, but we haven't seen the four or five touchdown game yet for him. We finally had it here. Three passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, 265 total yards. Great game from Jalen Hurts. Put the team on his back. Absolutely love to see it. 40 fantasy points. Just love it. That's the Jalen Hurts that we all know and love. And then 
Still, we've got to talk about these splits without Dallas Goddard. Since Dallas Goddard has been gone, A.J. Brown has been pretty quiet. In this game, only five receptions for 37 yards. Luckily gets you the touchdown. But it's Devontae Smith, who now in back-to-back weeks is the leading receiver and getting a ton of volume. Seven receptions for 106 yards and a touchdown. This is exactly what we saw last season as well with Dallas Goddard out. Devontae Smith gets a bump up. So Devontae Smith, I'm loving, I'm loving it. Continue throwing him in your lineup and perhaps try to buy him if he's still a reasonable price. Because I think especially as they, you know, continuously make this end of season push, but also as they continue miss games without Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith is going to be a big part of it. Now, did anyone else get receptions? Not really. Olamide Zacchaeus had one reception, a 29-yard touchdown. So that was really good and a great catch, by the way. And then Jack Stoll and Julio Jones, they also only had one reception each. So neither of them rising to the occasion of replacing Dallas Goddard. I had been stashing Julio thinking he could do that, but he's just not. You can safely drop Julio Jones. You can safely drop Jack Stoll. You can safely drop Albert Okuigbunum. No one's going to step up here. It's going to be Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. Maybe Olamide Zacchaeus. Kez Watkins was activated off IR. But really, none of those guys you're going to feel comfortable starting. It's just the main three. And then, of course, DeAndre Swift. Kenny Gainwell did kind of see a snap usage in this game as well. So, you know, he's probably worth rostering again. Of course, always worth rostering a handcuff on the Eagles, especially one as talented as Kenneth Gainwell. But still, to see him get the receiving usage he did was really good to see as well. For the Bills, you know, this is another game with their new offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. Uh, Josh Allen, 339 yards, three touchdowns, also two rushing touchdowns with 81 rushing yards. So 400 total yards for Josh Allen, but just not enough. Just not enough to pull off the win. They're now six, six and six, a 500 Buffalo Bills team. You really do hate to see it because, I mean, they're playing really good football on offense, but it's just the other way around. They're just uh, letting up too many points. Uh, And it sucks to see because, I mean, I would love to see the Bills make the playoffs, but it's going to be hard for them at this point. I mean, they have a very, very tough schedule, uh, as good as they're playing. Gabe Davis, big game day. Gabe, as we talk about, every time you see a game like Bills-Eagles, you've got to throw Gabe Davis into your lineup. Anytime they play a team that's in the playoffs, you've got to throw Gabe Davis into the lineup. Six receptions off of 12 targets, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, 11 targets, 6 receptions, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Both of those guys going to produce in these big games. Stephon Diggs pretty much going to produce anyway. Khalil Shakir still showing some promise as well. 3 receptions for 47 yards. Don Kincaid still showing some promise as well. 5 receptions for 38 yards. Seeing 5 receptions for a tight end. Always good. Just a little bit of a quiet game. The the, the Eagles have pretty good uh, safeties and linebackers to cover these tight ends. We shouldn't have expected a good game from Kincaid anyway. But still, he got you there in tight end premium league. So can't complain too much. Uh, and James Cook, another 500 or another 100-yard game with 57 receiving yards and 43 rush yards. Six receptions for him. James Cook is here in terms of the usage that we've been waiting for all season. Joe Brady's kind of unlocked that. It's cool to see the receiving and the rushing. I mean, he is a bell cow now, and it's awesome to see. Congratulations to James Cook managers. And the last game on the slate is Chargers. Ravens. In this game, honestly, I thought it would go a little bit different in that I thought the Ravens would totally run away with this game. I really did expect the Chargers to have a bad day on offense, uh, but I didn't expect the Ravens to have a bad day on offense. 20 to 10 was the final score. Lamar Jackson 
177 pass yards and 39 rush yards, so not the best. And the leading receiver was Isaiah Likely. He had four receptions for 40 yards and six targets, so he was also the target leader. Um, and that's not bad. That really isn't bad. I really didn't expect Isaiah Likely to go back to his usage that we saw last season. I really did expect Isaiah Likely to kind of just be a complimentary piece, but to see him still be the leading receiver is good to see. You really can start him in Mark Andrews' uh, absence. But it's the Zay Flowers show, who now in the two weeks without Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers has been the one with the highest target uh, target share. He had a 40% target share in week one, and he had a 26% target share uh, yesterday. Finishes the day with five receptions for 25 yards and a touchdown, and also had a 37-yard rushing touchdown. Looked really, really good. I will say again, right, this is his ceiling game, guys. Really good. Really good, and he gets you that floor, but still keep in mind that this is his ceiling, 50 yards and two touchdowns. So still barely only 20 points with two touchdowns. I would like to see a little bit more for sure in terms of the yardage department. Obviously really good athlete. Obviously someone you want in your lineup every single week. I just wish he had a little bit higher ceiling. I know a lot of people are extremely excited about Zay Flowers today. I am only whelmed. I'm I'm just pretty excited, you know. I, I obviously looks really good. You love to see it. But again, only 50-something yards and two touchdowns. It's not the best, especially in a game where there was no Mark Andrews. I really would have liked to see a bit more targets going his way. But it is what it is. Still looked really good. Still did really well with his opportunity. And still someone you need to start every single week. And probably someone you need to trade for. Keaton Mitchell, he's here. He's here for sure, for sure. He was the leading uh, opportunity getter. Nine carries for 64 yards. Two receptions for 25 yards. Gus Edwards only had nine touches to keep Mitchell's 11. Justice Hill only had five touches. So if you were wondering who the top dog is, it's Keaton Mitchell now. Gus Edwards getting those goal line carries, those short yardage opportunities, but it's Keaton Mitchell getting uh, everything else and looking the best as well. So Keaton Mitchell and every week starter going forward, if he's going to be the one getting the most volume like he did this week, you can start Keaton Mitchell every single week. And for the Chargers, Justin Herbert, 217 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. What's interesting is Justin Herbert was the leading rusher in this game with 47 rush yards. Austin Eckler continues to be quiet, continues to disappoint. Only 10 carries for 31 yards and five receptions for 32. Just not looking great. Uh, and, it, and it's hard to see uh, because I traded for Austin Eckler right before he was supposed to return, thinking that he would be able to take one of my teams kind of over the top, but he's just not doing that. It is what it is. But Keenan Allen is. Keenan Allen, 14 receptions for 106 yards. He is the leading receiver in the NFL in terms of receptions. And he is on pace now to finish the year with the most receptions in NFL history. So hopefully he can keep that pace going. It's been a phenomenal year from him. And he just looks so good out there. Justin Herbert's easily favorite target as, again, 14 receptions for him. Austin Eckler, only five. Gerald Everett, only four, and Quentin Johnston, one reception for seven yards. Quentin Johnston got out, outproduced by Alex Erickson? Alex Erickson, a guy I have never heard of, one reception for 17 yards, 10 more yards for Quentin Johnston. And in case you were wondering, yes, this Alex Erickson also had three targets. More The same amount of targets as Quentin Johnson, same amount of receptions, 10 more yards, Quentin Johnston, just again, disappointing, really not there. It, it sucks to see. It really, really does. But that is all the 
games. Let's answer a few more questions and then get you guys out of here. Let's see. Can't believe I got Mitchell and Kyron on waivers in Dynasty. Yeah, really great pickups for sure. What's the deal with Swift? Should I try and sell A-Chan and JJ? Uh, Swift is still everyone you want to, someone you want to start every single week. Looked really good. Continuously looks good. Uh, getting a ton of opportunities as well. So don't sell Swift. Uh, and then also don't sell A-Chan or Justin Jefferson. Definitely keep holding on to those people. Should you trust Justin Herbert rest of season? You're seven and four and in the playoffs. Yes and no. I mean, I would definitely put him on the block, ambitious A. I would like to see what you could get for him. Uh, I mean, it's just so hard when Austin Eckler's not playing well and his only good receiver is Keenan Allen. At some point, like you're going to lose your ceiling. Um, and he kind of has. It sucks to see, but it is what it is. I think that you're still going to get that floor from Justin Herbert. He's that good of a quarterback. But I do think that there's probably better quarterbacks out there. So I think that you'll be good to go. Oh, trade deadline's over in your league. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you've just got to roll with him then. Uh, unless you want to tune into Theo's sleeper article, he'll talk about good quarterbacks to stream every single week. But otherwise, just roll with Justin Herbert. And would you start Sam Howell next week? Probably. I mean, he's looking all right. You're making the playoffs. Would you trade Saquon Barkley and Cooper Cup for Eckler? No, I would definitely keep riding with Cup and Saquon Barkley. Dobbs or Fields? Give me Fields for sure. He has a little bit better rushing floor. That's going to be a very, very, very fun game to watch tonight. I'm very excited for tonight's matchup. Bears, Vikings, looking like a good one. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. How's my Scott Fishbowl team? This will be the last one. How am I doing this week? You're 39 above the cutoff line. I am around 40 above the cutoff line. I actually had my best Scott Fishbowl week of the year. My best week of the year. Saved it for the first week of playoffs. Scored like 240-something points. No, 250 points, actually. I think after Devontae Smith started getting some garbage, not garbage time, his overtime usage. So uh, brought me over the top this week. I should be making the next round of the playoffs. And we'll see. We'll see. I'm, you know, my team is starting to show some life. Desmond Ritter coming back really helped me. Uh, I was having to start like Dorian Thompson Robinson and Aiden O'Connell uh, and Taylor Heineke uh, those few weeks without Ritter. But I just like Ritter a lot for Scott Fishbowl scoring. He gets like 25, 30 points every single week because of the first down points. It's really, really nice. So I've got Ritter, Goff, Chase, Bijan, Kamara, Njoku, Evan Ingram, Devontae Smith, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tank Dell. Like that's a pretty stacked team. So I'm pretty excited. I think that we can continue making a push and go forward. Uh, and hopefully, oh my God, I have Riley Patterson as my kicker too, Ryan, uh, who also scored me zero. It looks like we did about the same this week. That's pretty cool. Good luck for your playoffs rest of year. Uh, and good luck to everyone that's still on Scott Fishbowl and everyone listening. Just good luck to your teams in general. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope to see you all tomorrow, 10 a.m. on the Player Profiler YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok as we stream every morning. So I hope to see you all doing uh, tomorrow morning. Thanks again for tuning in uh, and have a magnificent Monday, a wonderful rest of your week. And I hope all your Monday night miracles come true unless they involve DJ Moore. Have a good one. Peace.